podcast, cutting edge conversations with the Quant community. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Quantcast, Risto.net's podcast on quant finance. Mauro Cesar here hosting, I'm the quant finance editor of Risto.net, and my guest today is Alexander Antonov, chief quant analyst at Danske Bank in Copenhagen. Hi Alexander, how are you? Hello Mauro, very good, thank you. And welcome back. Uh, it's more than three years since we had you on our podcast uh, when we talked about MVA, Margin Valuation Adjustment. That was yeah, 2018. That was all good times. You know. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 are not, they are not in the past. <laughs> they are still there. <laughs> but today, today the topic is very different. Uh, and in a clear uh, break from the trend that we have taken in the past few episodes. Today, we are not talking about machine learning applications. Uh, some will be pleased to hear, uh, though I cannot promise ML won't be mentioned at all during this podcast. But the main topic is not on ML. Uh, the focus instead is uh, uh, on, let's say, a realm of uh, classic, quant, uh, classic quant finance and derivatives pricing, uh, if we can call it that way. Uh, your paper, Black Basket Analytics for Mid-Curves and Spread Options, has just been published in Risto.net, and it's in, it's in the November print edition. Um, let's first explain the purpose of this work. Uh, could you tell us what the problem is, uh, is this paper designed to solve, and why it matters? Sure. So this, uh, this paper is devoted to coherent and not hacky pricing of... Uh, spread options at mid-curves, meaning that they are based on you know, the same distribution of the rates. So it's important to model them in a coherent way without any little hacks here and there. So having two distributions and link them in the most rigorous mathematical way. Of course, uh, these uh, two object, uh, two object spread, uh, spread options and mid-curves are important uh, liquid, uh, semi-liquid, semi-exotic instruments. Okay, um, so you, you already mentioned the two main products that uh, are uh, at the center of this. Uh, I guess most listeners are familiar with spread options, uh, but maybe less so with the uh, mid-curve options and swap options. Uh, I might be wrong there, but uh, that's just uh, my impression. May we just have a quick recap of uh, uh, on how they work? Sure. sure. If, you, if you get a classic, uh, classic swap option, this is the right to enter to a standard rate meaning it starts from the exercise date and goes till certain maturity. So we enter at one year to a swap of 10 years, for example. Uh, this measures, this option measures volatility of this rate in the future, how it goes in time and you know what are our views on these volatilities. We can also uh, think about, uh, we can also measure the uh the special part of the of the uh, of the yield curve for example uh, we can uh, measure a little difference between the two parts of the of the yield curve and these are spread uh, so spread options uh, let's take an example of 10 years and two and, and, and two years so we measure difference between longer period and shorter period and the spread option uh, actually gives this uh, gives this price and the volatility of this moment. The uh, mid curve options actually this is a right to enter to a non-standard swap. It is like uh, ordinary European swap option, 
but we enter at one year, not at, uh, at the swap from one to 10 years, but from a swap from five to 10 years. So in some sense, it also measures the volatility of the movement of the certain limited part of this curve. So all of them are devoted to certain movements in the yield curve, right? In the future yield curve, standard options, they measure, you know, the whole movement, whenever the spread options and mid curves, they measure parts, you know, the either relative movement or movement of the part of this curve. Uh, actually, people buy or sell them, then they feel that there is a mismatch in the uh, in, in the rate in the movement of the different part of the rates. So the bank client can uh, buy them, you know, if they have some use that the, uh, the, the upper part of the yield curve will move more uh, respect to the, with respect to the lower part, then, you know, they, they buy it. And the bank, of course, sells to the client and to, you know, the uh, bank hedges this product not to lose, you know, the money. So mm. that's, that's into worst explanation. I see. And the so, typical swap in the mid-curve swaption is a vanilla uh, interest rate swap, right? Or is it? can it be something more exactly. complex than that? Exactly. So this is a, so as I say, let's take an example of a, a one year exercise, one year maturity mid-curve swaption, right? So uh, at, at, in one year, we'll have right to enter to a swap where we started five years up to 10 years. So it's not it's not starting immediately, the swap which we enter to, but it will start with a delay. And so, of course, this delay can be whatever, one year, two years, five years, 10 years, and so on. So it is sort of a delayed, uh, delayed uh, swap when we exercise this option. You mentioned it's important to have um, a coherent pricing because they are, uh, these two products are based on the same uh, yield curve but is it uh, can you expand a little more on uh, uh, why we need uh, their joint distribution uh, actually uh, if we uh, let's, let's start with the uh, let's start with the, with the spread option price we can say that uh, we enter to a to a payment which will be let us say 10 years rate minus two years rate and uh, as far as both rates distribution is more or less known due to the uh, uh, due to the uh, market due to the market information but we don't really know uh, how the difference of these two uh, two parts will will react of course uh, if we have sort of correlation this then we can we can model we can price the whole thing uh, so in some sense, uh, to price this, uh, these guys, we need to have the correlation between between these two rates. The same thing, absolutely the same, is uh, when we treat uh, to a mid-curves option. We can uh, we can do some math. We can adopt them. We can divide it by certain amounts and price them as a weighted sum of, of uh, such a rates. So you know, some well, very roughly. The difference between the mid curve and the spread option is that in both cases we price the difference between two rates, but in the case of the mid, mid curve option, they're slightly weighted, or well, just by some by certain numbers. So, of course, to calculate the expectation of the two rates, we need the distribution. So that is why we need the mutual correlation, how they correlate to, together. So that is why we we should be very well should be careful to to price them uh, to price them. Uh, in this way. 
Okay, uh, I will have a question on that point, Exali, in a moment. But first, so one of the uh, ingredients in this in this work is the, uh, what you call the black basket, uh, and you build the example uh, of your paper in that. What is the black basket? The black basket is a sum of log normal processes. So they call it black basket because uh, you know this is a black model, log normal process. We you know goes to the old works of black control, so we call it black model. And uh, basket just mean weighted sum. So uh, this is a kind of power tool to represent represent a rate, whatever whatever distribution can be represented in you know approximated in such a way. And the so when we represent it, we can find a quite rich family of correlation to link them together. But uh, we'll discuss about this slightly later. Just to come in, uh, coming back to this uh, black basket, so actually a black basket with with one element, it is simply a logonal process. If we add a constant, it will be a shifted logonal process. So also a process which is used, one of the simple process which is used in the in the mathematical finance. So uh, if we add another, uh, if in other terms, we'll have uh, distribution which more and more each properties. So we can fit a smile with almost whatever whatever shape. So uh, on, on the one hand, we can calculate easily the analytical properties of the distribution. On the other hand, if we increase the number of the uh, number of the participants of the terms, we can uh, this distribution can be more and more flexible. And the second thought, of course, it's not we don't always work with one distribution, right? We remember we work with the rates one and two. So if both of them are presented in terms of the black baskets, we can correlate uh, these two rates uh, with each other using the correlation between different participants of these two black baskets. And this gives us a very big uh, degrees of freedom to correlate them together. So it is not like a Gaussian couple with only one parameter uh, correlation, but we, okay, we can have four, I don't know, whatever, whatever number, a limited number if, if necessary of different handles how to correlate them together. Yeah, and and related to um, how to handle the, the correlation between the two, uh, how how is this pricing problem normally addressed? So normally we do it in the quite restricted way. So we say uh, we use so-called Gaussian coppola. And so as I said, it has only one handle to link to distribution together a correlation, right? So we have two distributions which were calculated using the marked information when we have this handle uh, Gaussian coppola correlation and uh, when uh, we would like to price for example or calibrate the model to the market data of the spread options we simply come up with a correlation corresponding to a given price however this correlation will depend on the strike this option so it's not strictly speaking a model it's, it's kind of hack right so uh, it is not a unique distribution. It is sort of a different distribution for different points of the option. So, you know, kind of hug a solution. But of course, people, some, some people live with them. They uh, trace so-called uh, implied correlation. Depending on this track, then they can do some interpolations and so on. So, but this is a more like hockey solution rather than scientific one. Okay, so what is your solution to build this joint distribution then? So my solution, uh, as I already mentioned, is to uh, is to come up with the 
with a black basket structure for each uh, rate. And then uh, we'll have not one handle, but multiple handles. So in this way, we can calibrate uh, uh, this cross-correlation structure to different points, uh, to different uh, uh, prices of the spread options, for different strikes of spread options. And it will, the unique distribution, of course, the parameters of these cross-correlations will not depend on the strike. So it will be good scientific, and which is more important, arbitrage-free interpolation. Of course, uh, you know, we can say that uh, uh, deep science is not, you know, matters not that much. However, if uh, if some hockey solution permits to do some arbitrage, it's not good neither. So in, in my solution, we have uh, we have quite a rich family of the handles in order to calibrate all, to all the strikes and to have the, you know, two distributions coherent and, and you know, strike independent, of course. And how how does it look in practice? What are the results and the performance of this approach? Well, it performs pretty nice because we use it. It has a similar analytical approximation, so it's very very fast uh, to do this uh, calibration. Is uh, you know maybe it can be kind of fraction fraction of second. And uh, in my paper, I've done certain experiments with different uh, with different options, with different striking, and so on. And we can see that the accuracy. Of the calibration is, uh, is is very high, so we don't need to do some uh, some strike and de dependent hacks, but we can go with the proper distribution with the proper distribution of two of the rates. And um, how about the the hedging with this model? Uh, the hedging is uh, yes, we also have done the hedging uh, the hedging experiments, and there are two things actually. So the first thing is to see uh, how the parameters of the model, how stable they are. Let me let me explain. Uh, so we uh, we price, uh, for example, we price a spread option or mid curve uh, mid curve option. Uh, we calibrate it to the market. So first we calibrate, of course, two parts to swap rates to the to the implied markets, and then we have. Uh, this correlation structure, and th then we calibrate them to different strikes on the curve, right? Then tomorrow, uh, we recalibrate, right? Then in other prices, we do the recalibration of the of the options, then they do recalibration of the spread options. So we recalibrate the cross correlation of this black bucket structure and so on. So, uh, of course, it is, uh, it is uh, not uh, very well, I would say scientific way to do that. <laughs> However, everybody does it, <laughs> so everybody's the whole life. So you know, all these recalibrations are somehow kind of something we should do. However, if we now pay attention to the parameters which were recalibrated, or to the uh, to the cross correlations which were recalibrated, we can see that they're stable enough. So they're not like uh, you know changing all the times. They're not just the uh, dancing all the times uh, when we go with, with time, but they, uh, they keep quite stable. In the paper, you can see certain graphs, certain movements uh, of these uh, correlations, which are tiny and, uh, actually, um, uh, and actually show that this model, the black basket machinery in this way, it fits quite well the market. That's the first thing that the parameters of the recalibrate model are stable, so they're not dancing, you know, the, uh, you know, in the chaotic way. And the second thing is the hedging itself. So we did kind of direct experiment. Uh, 
taken the mid curve option, we calculated uh, Greeks and uh, uh, formed a hedging portfolio, right? So such such uh, in such a way of today, uh, if the market moves uh, here and there, there are no movement, right? So we had it with a swap and swap options. Okay, so let's see what will happen with this portfolio when the time goes up. So how it will be mishedge in in one month? And actually, we have seen that the the its noise is very very low. So uh, this means that even if we recalibrate the model, you know, daily and so on, we don't need to rehedge this uh, portfolio. So this is good, uh, of course, for the uh, for traders uh, in order to keep this uh, this hedging portfolio stable, not to do it all the times because you know there are some calls and so on. Right. So uh, you're talking about a, a good performance, easy hedging, stable parameters. Is it, is this model easy to use, easy to implement, or, or do you expect some uh, uh, some difficulty in, in other areas? Well, the only thing uh, actually I've described uh, I've described the algorithm, the collaboration algorithm in details in the initial paper of. Uh, uh, of Carmona Durerman, there was a multidimensional solver here. I came up with a sort of iterative uh, algorithm, with it, which is uh, kind of straightforward and uh, can be easily implementable. Also, uh, the calibration uh, of these black baskets to the swaption markets can also be simplified because uh, I've derived certain. Uh, Address certain approximation for this, uh, so such that if trader says the uh, you know the at the money volatility curvature and uh, skew, he can easily uh, find the initial guess, which is quite precise. So no particular challenge for the in the implementation. Uh, okay, um, are there any possible generalization to term structure models, or is this you think confined to the pricing of uh, these products? Actually. There is, and I put it uh, put in Risk Magazine version in the last uh, section. It is called the Black Basket uh, LMM. Well, whatever. <laughs> and so, <coughs> sorry, this is a uh, this is a certain generation of LMM model. Uh, we know which you know simplest version is a shifted LMM, and so all the libraries follow the shifted logarithmic processes. Here, we generalize from the shifted in the same way as we generalize from the shifted log normal in the rate distribution to this uh, black basket. So we do more or less the same procedure, and I show that it can be coherent to link together such, such a processes. And such a model is uh, quite nice. It can uh, calibrate not only to absorption prices, but also to all the um, uh, you can calibrate to all the uh, spread options and uh, well not all of course but to most of the spread option and mid curves such that it can uh, not only price them but also price complicated uh, term structures uh, with uh, non-trivial coupon and so on. Uh, I would say that possibly with the high inflation, current high inflation. Possibly again, no one knows, of course, and uh, the rates will go up. And so maybe uh, we will come back to an era where the interest rates, the derivatives uh, will come back in the whole amount. So <laughs> so quite possibly this uh, model can be, um, this 
black basket LMM can be used for you know for for this uh, for these things to price more complicated uh, structures in a not very complicated way by the way because the model looks uh, quite transparent so this is uh, one of the you know this is the, the this is the application to this uh, uh, transaction models also just just uh, forgot to mention is that we can calculate uh, CVAs and other you know the exposures and so on of the uh, of the mid curves, for example, we cannot, of course, uh, calculate the future value because we know only final distribution. However, with the structure, mod structure model, we can we can follow this path up from zero up to the uh, up to the maturity of the deal and calculate uh, calculate all uh, future prices, CV, and so on characteristics. So, are there any other avenues of expansions for this particular model, or, or is it done and dusted as it is? Well, I would say that uh, there are two things. Of course, is to make more experiments, more uh, to study in you know in the wider range uh, this black basket LMM, and the second one is interesting and practical experimental work. So it's how to look for arbitrage between uh, spread options and mid curves. So let's take let's take an example. So we have a market for mid curves and we have a market of the spread options, right? Both of them are quoted on possibly different segments of the market, but it's quite close. So imagine we have taken this uh, black basket uh, LMM or whatever, whatever model or just pure black basket and thoroughly calibrated uh, our rates to the spread options. So now we're coming, we have a model, we're coming back to, to the, uh, to the mid curves. And we would like to price using this model. Okay, so we price this uh, certain for certain strikes as far as we know everything. And when we can see if if there is a big gap between uh, the prices coming out from the calibrated model and the uh, the uh, the prices which are quoted on the mid curve market, if they are large, we can do some arbitrage. So it can be good experimental work to see. If uh, if we can make some money, you know, in uh, in, the, in these gaps, I see. And unrelated to this particular project, uh, what else are you working on? Uh, we are um, uh, we uh, trying to uh, we're, we're finishing a paper with uh, Vladimir Peterberg on uh, alternative to all neural network uh, or all machine learning things. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't because... promise that we wouldn't talk about this, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's an alternative. So actually, well, of course, we don't say that uh, it is, uh, of course, it's very powerful and so on methods. However, uh, before trying a neural network in some sense, it's good to try something classical, right? So if you have a, a five or 10 dimensional problem, it's not necessarily we should start this uh, procedure of the calibration of, of the learning of the certain function and so on and so we propose some uh, alternative uh, classical well, uh, neoclassical methods uh, in order to uh, to apply them in finance of course we know that uh, that uh, financial regulators uh, are not very happy sometimes with uh, with the known networks because they are you know the sustainability it's not here, it's hard to, well, it works, but we don't know how, in some sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, because, you know, if, if, uh, if, if a bank plays with the money of, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, of clients, then 
it's not really good. So we were trying to, you know, to come up with uh, some alternative alternatives how to organize them in a predictable and explainable manner. So this, I think, will be quite uh, quite interesting. Okay, that sounds uh, uh, sounds good. Uh, look forward to that and find out what uh, what it actually is. And uh, yeah. Uh, Alexander, thanks very much for uh, joining me today. It was very good talking to you. Thank you very much, Mauro. Thank you very much. And thanks to everybody for listening. <laughs>